Look at the greatness of Am Yisrael, the greatness of the Jewish people, right at 425 or 426. Uh, we had uh, a robust minion. Who can imagine, really, the greatness? People are wondering, with what will we merit the redemption? Is the great Jewish people are great people. The Pasuk, the Pasha begins, and Jacob left from Be'er Sheva, and he went on his way to Choron. And we know, we're familiar, that there is no extra words in the Torah. So why does the Torah have to tell us that he left, Yaakov left from Be'er Sheva and he was going to Choron? Simply say he was going to Choron. And if you were paying attention last week, instead of talking in synagogue, you would know that he was in he was in Be'er Sheva. That's where he was before. So why do we need the extra words? And that's always what our study of Chumash is. It's all in the extra words. Why is the words Vayetzi Yaakum Be'er Sheva present? Why is it necessary? So if you remember that you recall the end of last week's parsha, right? The Torah has great imagery. And the Torah describes that Rivka comes to Yaakov and he tells Yaakov, you got to get out of town. Your brother, your brother is, is, is uh, putting together a plan to kill you. You got to run. Rivka's a wise woman. What does she do? She doesn't want to break her husband's heart and say that Esav is trying to kill Yaakov. She doesn't tell him that, but rather she tells him that I don't want him to marry, which is, which is true. I don't want him to marry from the daughters of Canaan. He needs a shidduch. Let's send him to my brother's house. And indeed, Yitzchak calls Yaakov in. Right? He calls Yaakov in and he, give, he tells him, go to Choron. And go find yourself a wife. So Yaakov is faced. He has actually two different conversations with one with his mother one with his father so the Torah tells us that Yaakov in his in his actions performed a he, he, he was a smart cookie he got a double you know a, a, a bonus he got a double bonus meaning he fulfilled Vayetze Yaakov Mebe'er Sheva he went from Be'er Sheva according to the instructions of his mother that told him, get out of town. And he set his journey to Haran in order to find himself a wife as per the instruction of his father Yitzchak. So he got double mitzvah. He got the mitzvah of Kibbut Aim and he got the mitzvah of Kibbut Av. Right? And that is a message for us that very often when we take on to do something, it does not have to be single faceted. You could have a multifaceted approach to what you do that engages whenever you're involved in community. Right? You're involved in community, you're often you're, you're, you're working with many people on many different levels. 
right? Different people, as Alan knows, right? Everybody's got their own needs in the shul, and you try to reach to each person. So you're doing one activity of a shul, but it's reaching in different ways different people. And it's true, not only that you have to, that multifaceted approach is not only in the absolute technical mitzvah, it's even in the broader. For example, there's a, a story from Rev. Aaron Cutler. Rev. Aaron Cutler, the, one of the greatest of American Jewry, he built Torah in America, right? So the Lakewood, the famous yeshiva in Lakewood, Rev. Cutler did not live in Lakewood. Rev. Cutler lived in Brooklyn. He used to go be in Lakewood. Lakewood was, was at that time, Lakewood was a forgotten place. And that's where he made the yeshiva. He made the yeshiva in some gosh forsaken place all the way out. So that the yeshiva should be just the yeshiva of Torah learning. A little did he know that, that uh, 60 years later, Lake would be the center and that everything else became secondary. But that wasn't his intent. So, but he used to travel from Brooklyn to, um, he used to travel from Brooklyn to um, Lakewood each week. And he would spend the week there and then he would go back to, so he would go back home, back to his Rebbitson uh, on the weekends. The students used to have the privilege of coming with him. So one time, they were at the time, it was in the 50s, I believe, and they were putting in the first, he used to have to go from Brooklyn to Penn Station, but right from there to, uh, to Lakewood. So they were putting in a, um, uh, um, an escalator, the very first escalator into Penn Station. So it was a Monday morning, and Ralph Cutler told the boys... Look at these people, the, the workers. He was talking about the workers that were installing the escalator. It was Monday morning, and they were sharing expletives that they had to come to work that day. <coughs> so Rav Cutler told the boys, he told them, What narim, what fools they are. They have an opportunity that they could do an investment that will return unlimited rewards. They're doing a chesed. They're putting in an escalator that's going to take thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that are not going to have to walk up the stairs anymore. They're going to be able to go on an escalator, magically get up and down. He says all that could be theirs if they would but say, I'm doing a chesed. So one of the boys asked Rav Cutler, what chesed? They're getting paid. So Rav Cutler said, don't, don't make a mistake. Money has nothing to do with chesed. Chesed is, your, chesed is the action. If you focus on that people are going to be helped, the fact that you're getting paid is necessary to continue the chesed. That's in order. You can't install escalators for free. You can't work for free. But that's, it's your intent. It's your focus. And he said, that's why he used the word now. They were fools. They threw it away. It was this for the taking. And they threw it away. Vayetze Yaakov, you see from this part, a person can have multifaceted one action with two intents, both of them valid. And Yaakov cashed in, but the uh, Monday morning fools left aside all that great reward that could have been theirs eternally. Rebbe Hanina, the